Our Bible reading this evening is taken from 1 Thessalonians, and it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 to the end. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love, because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Thank you, Biddy. Hello, everyone. My name's Andrew. I'm part of the church family here, part of the preaching team. And we're going to be looking at this last passage in 1 Thessalonians. We've been doing a series uh, on Sunday evenings, and this is the last one. Be great if you had the Bible or your smartphone or whatever it's called uh, in front of you while we're doing this, please. So please, if you don't have uh, it, the passage in front of you, turn it up now in the Bible. It's page 1188. Page 1188. And the series, the whole series is called Holiness and Hope in a, actually it's a hostile world, not, a, not in a hostly world. Um, the, the key thing is holiness and hope, uh, because those are the two main themes of this letter of 1 Thessalonians. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, the two main themes of 1 Thessalonians are hope and, where's the other one? Yeah, holiness, hope and holiness. Let me explain that. Uh, there's a big theme here is the second coming of Jesus. Jesus is going to come back one day in glory. Yes, in the past he died and he rose again. He died for our sins so that we could be forgiven. He went back to his father. And one day he's going to come back in glory at the end of human history. That is our hope as Christians. One day Jesus is coming back. 
and that will be the end of this world as we know it. There will then be a judgment day, there will be a new heavens and a new earth. That's the hope. But the second theme of this letter is holiness. How are we to live now? Because Jesus has not yet come back, we're still here. How are we to live now? And this, this, this letter is saying we should live holy lives, lives that remind other people of Jesus. So those are the two main themes. Um, this passage, uh, at the, right at the end of the letter, is Paul just saying some, he's mentioning some ways in which we can live holy lives. He's talking about three relationships, three relationships that trust us in Jesus, that Christians should take very seriously. Obviously, there are a lot more relationships than three, but he's only talking about three here. And I think this is incredibly practical and very exciting. Uh, I'm hoping that by the end of this sermon, you'll be excited by these two. Uh, but if I'm the only person in the room who's excited, well, at least I go home happy. So we're looking at this passage. It's about Christian community. How should we be living as trusters in Jesus? If you're a truster in Jesus, if you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins so you could be forgiven, how are we to live now? Three relationships that we should be thinking about. Firstly, in verses 12 and 13, love church leaders. Love church leaders. Look at verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Paul is talking about the leaders of the church in Thessalonica. And he says that we're to love church leaders, our church leaders. Look at verse 13. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Do you see that? We're to love church leaders. Now I wonder if you know who our church leaders are. Uh, you may not know, but it would be quite helpful if you knew. I'll say some names. Maybe you'll recognize some of these names. Um, our two ministers of our church are Jonathan Berry and Chris Webb. And there are other elders in our church as well there's, there's, who are not full-time. They've, they've got normal jobs, but they give themselves to the work of leading the church. They're called elders. So there's Chris Smith... There's Martin Baker, there's Nick Berryman, there's Paul Alcock, there's Tim Henstock, and there's Trevor Pickup. Those are our elders. They are leaders. And the Holy Spirit is saying through this passage, we should love them. We should honor them. We should respect them. It's easy for me to preach this because I'm not on the leadership team. We should love our leaders. There are other people in the senior team as well. Uh, Ros Briggs. Ed Clark. Where is he? Yes, he's there. He's hiding. Ed Clark. Sally Campbell-Taylor. Gerhild Heitchi. Callum Harkrader. Now, do you know any of those people? I hope you do. You probably know Jonathan Berry or Chris Webb or both of them. We're to love them. 
Because see what they do for us. Have a look at verse 12. They do three things for us, church leaders. They work hard among us. Church leadership is hard work. It really is hard work. Being a church leader, I've been a church leader, and it's hard work. They care for us in the Lord. Do you see that in verse 12 as well? It matters to them how we live. They want us to grow as Christians. They want us to become more like Jesus. They care for us. And also, the end of verse 12, they admonish, admonish us. That doesn't mean that they're wagging their finger at us, but it does mean they want to help us to live the way Jesus wants us to live. They're here to serve us. They're here to help us. And so Paul says in verse 12, acknowledge them, and in verse 13, hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. It's interesting, it says in verse 13, it doesn't say hold them in the highest regard in love because you like them or because of the clothes they wear or the jokes they tell. Love them because of their work. And can I just say that's really important? I think sometimes being a church leader is a very lonely job. Because I think sometimes the only time people hear church leaders hear from the rest of us is when we've got a complaint. And it's fair enough if we're unhappy about something that we can share that with a church leader. But how about we should also also show our church leaders that we love them and that we're thankful for them and that we thank God for them? How about doing that? How could you do that with a church leader. You don't know some of, the, some of the names I just said, but some of these people are here tonight. You could do it here tonight. Uh, Jonathan Berry is over there. Chris Webb is standing at the back over there, ready to make a quick getaway. Nick Berryman is here. Any other names that I've... Oh, Ed, Ed, Ed Clark is here, hiding behind the PA desk. You could, you could show your love for those leaders at the end of the service. You could go up and say thank you for the work you do for us. I tell you, that will encourage them hugely. Or you could write a text, or you could write an email, or you could send a card. But we're to love our church leaders. Is the Holy Spirit nudging you and saying, hey, why don't you show your love for the church leaders, for one or two church leaders in Above Bar. I mean, there are other church leaders too in Above Bar, people leading our children's work, our youth work, our international's work, our over 55's work. There are lots and lots lots of things going on. But how about we we show our love to our church leaders? That's the first thing. Love church leaders. Secondly, in verses... 14 and 15, help other Christians. Help other Christians. Verse 14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. This is a call to all of us to look out for one another. We are called to be a community. We belong to one another. I mean, that's one of the reasons that God invented church. We're supposed to be together. Uh, I mean, that's one reason why Christians who are not part of a church fellowship, a church family, don't grow. 
We need one another to help us to keep going as Christians. And Paul mentions four kinds of Christians in verse 14. Have a look. Maybe you're in one of these categories. There are some Christians who are idle. That means they're lazy. They don't do anything. Some who are disruptive, who do things that, I don't know, make make life difficult for everyone else. Some who are disheartened. That's in verse 14. I bet you there are some people here this evening who are disheartened, who are discouraged, who are finding it difficult to keep going. And some people who are feeling very weak. And if you're not in any of those categories, idle, disruptive, disheartened or weak, look at the end of verse 14. Everyone. We need to be patient with everyone. Can you see that Paul is saying we have a responsibility to look out for one another? I think it's really important that we're, we're on the lookout. How can we encourage one another? How can we build one another up? Someone encouraged me this morning. I was standing at the door uh, downstairs saying goodbye to people as they left the service. And somebody said to me, uh, she said, we've been coming to Abab Bar, been part of Abab Bar for 15 years. And she looked at me and she said, you're one of the reasons that my husband and I started coming. I, I was incredibly encouraged by that. I mean, there are probably a lot more people who could say to me, you're actually one of the reasons we never started coming to Abab Bar. But I was hugely encouraged by that encouragement. Why don't we encourage one another? Can you think of somebody now who is disheartened, discouraged, or weak? Somebody who just needs a friend. Somebody that you could say, hey, let's meet up for a coffee this week. Or you could send them a card. We need to help one another. Is God speaking to you? Is he nudging you? Is the Holy Spirit nudging you, reminding you of one particular person that you could help, that you could support, that you could encourage? It's the second relationship that Paul is talking about here. He says, help other Christians. Uh, Don't worry, he's not saying don't help other people who aren't Christians. But he's focusing here on Christians, on the Christian family, and he's saying help one another. It's the second relationship. (sighs) Let's let's make a new start of encouraging and helping one another. So we've had love church leaders. We've had help other Christians. And now thirdly, Enjoy the God of peace. That's verses 16 to 25. Now, I've called this the God of peace, the the God of peace, because that's what Paul does. Look at the beginning of verse 23. He describes God as the God of peace. And he is the God of peace. He made peace through the cross. If you're a truster in Jesus, you're forgiven. You're accepted by God now and forever. You're a friend of God, not because of what you do, but because Jesus died on the cross for you. God made peace through Jesus. Wow. God is the God of peace. But we're to grow in that relationship. We're to develop in that relationship. We're to get to know God better. And there's four things we can do. 
to help us to get to know God better. Now, I'm going to mention these four things. They're in the passage here. And I just have to say, I've been doing this for the last week, probably the last week since I've really been getting into this passage. Sometimes you can go through these four things in one minute. So it doesn't take huge amounts of time in your day. Sometimes you might take a lot longer, but you can do it in a minute, and I'll prove it to you later. Isn't this exciting? No, obviously not. Okay, let me go through the four things. Have a look at them. Firstly, rejoice, verse 16. Rejoice always. I mean, the best way to rejoice is to, is to rejoice in Jesus. Rejoice in the cross. Rejoice that Jesus died for your sins. Rejoice in that. However you're feeling, if you're a truster in Jesus, you are glad that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, aren't you? Well, you're rejoicing. So rejoice. And if you're not feeling much joy at the moment, you can ask God to give you more joy. He wants to do that. It's the first thing, rejoice always. Secondly, verse 17, pray continually. Um, some people think the idea is to pray maybe three times a day or six times a day or ten times a day or twelve times a day. I think the goal is to pray once a day. But just to be always praying, I think that's probably impossible. But it's a great goal to have. Um, I often say at the beginning of a sermon, I forgot to say it this evening, please do two things at once. While you're listening and reading, please be talking to God. Because you can do two things at the same time. While I am saying this sentence, comma, I am praying for all of you. That God will speak to you this evening. And that if you're a truster in Jesus, he will make you more like Jesus. So I've just prayed for you all while I was saying that sentence. While I'm saying this next sentence, you could be praying for other people. I mean, if you want a suggestion of what to pray for Christians, have a look and see what Paul does in verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. That means make you more like Jesus through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. It's a great thing to pray for other Christians. Paul prays it for the Thessalonians. We can pray it for one another. And he also asks the Thessalonians to pray for him. Verse 25, brothers and sisters, pray for us. So if you want an idea of what you can pray for somebody else, pray that they'll become more like Jesus. Wouldn't it be a great thing to pray? If a name doesn't come to your mind, you could um, just look around now and choose somebody. You don't have to know them, just pray they'll become more like Jesus. If you're really stuck, look at me and pray for me that I'll become more like Jesus. I could use that prayer. Pray continually. Rejoice always, pray continually. The third one is give thanks in all circumstances, being thankful. There are times, I mean, do you have days like this? There are days when I wake up and I think, I don't want to wake up, I don't want to get up, I want to miss out today. Spend the whole day in bed, in the dark. I'm feeling really grouchy, grumpy. But I think, no, I've got things to do, I need to do it. And what I do is I sit on the edge of my bed 
and I say, okay, before I stand up, I'm going to thank God for 10 things. And sometimes I can't, it's a slow start because I'm not feeling thankful, I'm feeling grouchy and grumpy. But I thank God, thank you that you gave me life. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he died for my sins. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you you, that you love me. Thank you that my life is in your hands. Thank you that you love all the people I'm going to meet today. Thank you that you can give me the energy to do what I'm going to do today. That's got me to eight. I, I can always get to ten, and sometimes I find it difficult to stop. But we just need to start. Give thanks. And notice it says, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. There are bad things that happen to us. I don't think we should be grateful for that. But whatever's happening to us, there are always some things to thank God for, aren't there? It's a great thing to do. It'll help us to enjoy the God of peace. It works. And Paul says at the end of verse 18, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for us to rejoice, to pray, and to thank. And it's also God's will for us to do the fourth thing, which is in verse 19, be open to the Spirit. Be open to the Spirit. Have a look. Do not quench the Spirit, verse 19. Now, Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit who lives in every believer in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit teaches, the Holy Spirit speaks, and he speaks in two main ways. There are other ways too, but the two main ways the Spirit speaks is this. Number one, he speaks through the Bible. He speaks through the Word of God. This is the Bible. This is God's Word. God speaks And it's true what is in here, which is why we need to take time to read the Bible. Uh, I'll just say, that's why I think Paul has written verse 27 in the passage here. He says, I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. He obviously thinks this letter is so important, everybody needs to hear it. It's because Paul knows he's writing scripture. He's writing the word of God. He's an apostle of Jesus. That's why this letter is in the New Testament. The apostle Paul, the apostles knew that they were writing the word of God. It was God speaking. Uh, Just turn back two pages, if you've got a Bible in your hands, to Colossians 4.16. The end of the letter to the Colossians, Paul says this, 4.16, after this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. The apostles knew they were writing Bible, they were writing scripture, they were writing the word of God. That's the first way, that's the most important way the Holy Spirit speaks. But he also speaks through prophecy. He also speaks through nudging people, nudging believers, and prompting them. And he speaks, but that is not infallible. That's not completely reliable like the Bible is. That's why Paul writes, look at verse 19, please. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Sometimes... What people say 
they think God is saying to them may not be right. It may not be true. It needs testing. But we don't need to test the Bible because it's the word of God. Do you get the difference? I hope you're getting this. There's, there's, the Spirit speaks through the Bible. It's completely reliable, completely true, always. We don't need to test it. We just need to believe it. But the Spirit also speaks through prophecy. He nudges us. He gives us a thought. He gives us an idea. So you're praying for someone and you, you keep thinking, maybe they should be looking for a new job. And you keep thinking this. And you go up to them and you say, look, this may be completely bonkers, maybe nonsense, but whenever I pray for you, I think maybe you should be looking for a new job. But that may not be right. You have a think, you pray about it. And that's one way the, the Spirit can speak. But you need to test it. You, need, it's not, you don't assume it's right. Are you getting the point of this? If a few people could nod, that would help me very much. Thank you. There's, there's three or four. That's great. So be open to the Spirit. We need to be open to the Spirit by reading the Bible. I'm really an idiot if I neglect the Bible. And we need to be open to the Spirit by being open to his nudging me. Either through a thought that comes into my head or through a thought that somebody else comes and passes on to me. We need to be open to the Spirit. Now these are the four things if we do these four things, then we will enjoy the God of peace. Ah, I'm running out of time here, but I'm going to have to say this. I really want to get this done. Rejoice is the first one, verse 16. Then pray, that's verse 17. Then thank, that's verse 18. And then be open to the Spirit, that's 19, 20, 21, 22. And you can do this very briefly. I'm going to do it now very briefly. It'll take me about a minute. You can time me if you like. And tell me afterwards it took me longer than a minute. But here it goes. I just want to show you that you could do this in a very short time or maybe it, it, you'd take longer over it. Okay, here we go. Rejoice. I'm so glad that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that I'm forgiven. Pray. I want to pray for the people in Above Bar Church now who are trusters in Jesus that they will become more like Jesus. Thank. Thank you that the Mark drama went so well in London. I was directing it last weekend. Thank you, Father, that went so well. Thank you that the Luke seminar last week started so well too. And be open to the Spirit. Please speak to me through the Bible this week. Please let me be open to what your Spirit wants to say to me. Did anyone time that? Did it take less than a minute or more than a minute? Pardon? Oh, wow, three quarters of a minute. Is that what you said? Thank you. Well, you could do that. Why don't you remember those four things? It could make your week really different. Rejoice, pray, thank, be open to the Spirit. I think that would be great. Let's look at the end of the letter just briefly. Um, verse 26, greet all God's people with a holy kiss. That doesn't mean that above Bar Church is being called to we all go around kissing one another. This is a principle that we should love one another in a holy way. We should express love to one another in a holy way. But it'll be different from culture to culture. There are some cultures where people do a lot of kissing and some cultures where people do less kissing. That's, that really doesn't matter. What's important is that we communicate love to one another in a holy way. 
And then look at verse 28. If we're thinking, how am I going to live this way? How am I going to love my church leaders? How am I going to help other Christians? How am I going to enjoy the God of peace? Then look at verse 28. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. His grace is with us. His spirit is living inside us. His grace is with us. He's going to help us to live differently this week. I'm more excited by this passage now than I was when I started preaching it. I'm going to pray now. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I'm going to invite, there will be little silences. And I'm going to invite you to pray in the silence. Don't pray aloud. Just pray in the silence, please. That would be wonderful. Let's pray together. And if it helps you to look up at the um, screen, you can see the, the, he- the main headings that we looked at. Father, we thank you so much for the power of your word. We pray that you'd help us to express our love for our church leaders. Some of us are thinking now of a particular church leader. Help us, please, to express our love by talking to them or by mailing them or texting them. Help us to show our love for them. Help us to help other Christians, Father, people who are maybe weak or maybe people who are discouraged, disheartened. Please prompt us remind us, show us someone who we could help, who we could strengthen, who we could encourage. And Father, please help us to enjoy you, the God of peace, this week. We rejoice in Jesus and his cross. Why don't you do that just for a few seconds? We want to pray. We pray for some Christians we can think of that they will become more like Jesus. We want to thank. Thank God for three things that you're grateful for. And we want, Father, to be open to the Spirit. Please speak to us through your word this week, through the Bible. And please help us to be open for the nudges, the promptings of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us or as others speak to us. Oh, dear Father, please help us to keep following Jesus We pray that we will love him more and become more like him. Please build your church, Lord Jesus, more and more here and above bar. And we pray that others will want to come in and find the truth in Jesus and to know what it is to be forgiven through faith in you, Lord Jesus. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.